1: How
0: do you not hear that?
1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents inner sight with your host robert anderson he with sarah and dale mckechnie President and Vice President of Lucis Trust will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson.
0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inner Sight. Today's topic is the group, and what we're going to speak about a lot is how the group relates to the self, and also it's just amazing how modern day Uh, physics, modern-day science, is coming to a conclusion that we're all related, that we're all one. And that's kind of a startling discovery because it confirms something that many of the ancients said many years ago and many of our greatest spiritual leaders were of the opinion that we are all united, we are all one. And they've made comments and they've thought that that was an important concept. And I like this concept from Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is our founder. She's the founder of Lucis Trust, and she has many important sayings that we say from time to time on this show. In fact, most of our show emanates from the writings of Alice Bailey. Through education, self-consciousness must be unfolded until one recognizes that one is a part of a greater whole. He blends, then, with the group interests, activities, and objectives, and he eventually becomes group conscious. This is love. Self-interest becomes group interest. Such should be the major objective of true education. And that's from Alice Bailey in her writings called Education in the New Age. And she said that at a time well before quantum physics came out with the discovery that mankind is all one and that we're all connected. How is group consciousness, how is it different from individual consciousness?
2: both are needed i would say both are uh, appropriate at different stages of um one's um development the the little child becomes uh conscious that he or she is a an independent uh being and uh becomes aware that uh he is a, a self a personality and that's a necessary stage uh, it leads to what they call the terrible twos, when the child says, uh, I want, I want, I I will. Uh, and it's very difficult to get them to see beyond the, the needs and demands of their little beings. Uh, it's what distinguishes the human being from a herd of sheep, that we are conscious of ourselves as a, mm. as a, uh, a unique being. Mm. But beyond that, there's this stage that as you said, uh, the realization that we all are part of something much greater, that we're all interconnected, as you put it. And uh, as Alice Bailey said, the real goal of education is to help the human being to become aware of this, to develop the sense of group consciousness. It's the real uh, thrust of what should be um, motivating the educational system and all teachers.
1: Yeah, we're moving very gradually uh, and at a slow pace that we're moving from uh, uh, essentially a uh, uh, self-centeredness to a group-centeredness uh, orientation and I think this is uh, we we sort of take it for granted that this is happening in the world but it's it's really designed this way because uh, it it it, uh, it means essentially that uh, Human consciousness is evolving, and th- what we 're aiming for is this uh, sense of the group and uh, the group is so much more prominent in the world today, uh, in other words, group activity and group work so mm-hmm. it it's it 's very much apparent that uh, that 's the direction we 're moving i think yeah i see and, and um
0: from what you were saying, Sarah, you were mentioning how it's a more or less a step in personal evolution that one starts out, and it's perfectly normal for one to um, uh, look upon oneself that way as uh, as being just oneself and an entity unto oneself. But I suppose maybe it's just like um, a love. Also, it's all right when we're young to uh, to be egocentric in our love, but there's something wrong with us when we reach a stage of maturity and everything is egocentric and I want, I want. And so we're looking at this as a step of evolution, isn't that correct? Yes. An Mm -hmm. evolution of what is the self.
2: Right.
0: Is there anything in particular that explains the uh, the growth of group consciousness
2: now? Well, according to the Ageless Wisdom teachings, we're moving into a a new age, as it's fondly and sometimes derisively called, the the age of wisdom says that we're transiting into uh the age of aquarius which uh isn't as uh, exotic or mysterious as it sounds what that means to those who have some understanding of um, uh, the the meaning behind that name is that it's an age of brotherhood of uh, group relationships, of uh, a consciousness of belonging to one's fellow human beings. So the the whole tide of energy that is um, driving the universe, uh, certainly our solar system, is is that of uh, an age in which group consciousness is going to become more and more an undeniable fact. We've come out of an age in which the the development of the individual was the major uh, goal and the major ideal. And that had its very positive aspects. There have been tremendous achievements uh, done on behalf of humanity by great individuals. And uh, it's the glory of the past 2,000 years that we can cite these uh, tremendous accomplishments in science and art and so on. Mm-hmm. Now we're moving into an age in which group efforts going to be... Uh, the,
1: the right. The goal. Uh, yeah. The um, one of the first, perhaps the first. Uh, I don't know if it was the first, but one of the forerunners of group work was, of course, Christ and Buddha. Then they both had small groups around them, and uh, that's how they accomplished their work. Uh, Christ had a group of uh, disciples and apostles, and uh, the Buddha also had a group of erhats that. Mm-hmm. Um, they all worked together, and uh, Christ couldn't have done his work without a group of disciples that would uh, go out into the world and spread the Gospels, and so it was very necessary. He didn't do it all by himself, because he was the focal point, point. But uh, and I think each group needs that sort of thing, but uh, it was the, the efforts, the combined efforts of all the disciples together that uh, really anchored Christianity in the world. So.
2: so they were sort of a prototype of what's becoming more and more noticeable now—the the group effort on behalf of humanity—and uh, we can talk about that uh, in our program today. Yeah.
0: You know, what would What would be um, What would motivate someone to uh, to move from a concept of self where one is egocentric to uh, what would What would motivate one from to go from that point, uh, say, to a point where? Uh, where he looks upon the self as as the group looks to the group as an extension of the self, whereupon he reaches a point in his own evolvement where he cares about the group as much as himself, what would bring uh, someone along that path to reach it, that point of involvement?
2: It's the opening of the heart, I think, mm-hmm. more than anything. You certainly need a mind to function intelligently as a, as an individual and as a member of uh, a group. But the heart, the opening of the heart is what gives that sense of inclusiveness, of of sympathy, of compassion for people, particularly for those who aren't known personally to oneself? That ability to identify with someone and say, "There, but for the grace of God, go I," mm-hmm. and to really feel their their plight—that's uh, the effect of the heart. And I think that when this, be, when when the heart begins to awaken, you you develop a sense of being related to and uh, interlinked with others. It may not be in a universal sense because uh, I don't want to be overly idealistic about this. Certainly most of us can point to people all around us whom we don't feel identified with and, mm-hmm. uh, and don't feel uh, in tune with. And I think that's normal. I don't think we should be overly um, idealistic about the concept. But we begin by trying to extend the... Um, Using our ima- imagination, trying to extend our consciousness to identify with what we think uh, is is happening to another person, and yeah. entering mm-hmm. into their their woes and their longings.
1: Right, and I think that um, that identification process begins at home, in the family. Uh, that's probably the first group that one may be comes aware of you have the mm-hmm. the father and the mother and the child or maybe more than one child, and uh, that's the the basic group. And uh, um, I was just thinking of this today. The uh, group consciousness develops when a family does things together for the interest of the family as a whole. They'll they'll come together and do family things, mm-hmm. uh, go on outings and on trips together. And for example, if a family decides to go to visit the zoo on Saturday, um, and this is what they want to do. But all of a sudden, Dad decides that, uh, well, he'd rather stay home and watch the football game. Well, Dad's not being very group-conscious here, and he's not very (laughs) family-conscious. So the mother and the child have to go off by themselves to the zoo, and Dad stays home and watch football. Then he is expressing more of his own special interest his own particular interest uh, in himself and uh, not on the love of the family. And so I think that family group is really where the first testing ground comes in. And uh, so it's very important to start right there. And that begins to open the heart when you do things together as a family.
0: I think one of the concerns of people is that they're going to give up their own individuality and their self-identity, that that's going to in some way be Mm -hmm. surrendered if they... Look upon the group as being an extension of himself. Uh, how would you How would you Would you comment on that?
2: Well, it's a natural fear uh, or anxiety that you would have to suspend your own inner uh, integrity to be a part of a group. But actually, the only really um, contributing, functioning uh, member of a group is one who does have a sense of his own integrity and knows his own thoughts and his own standards and uh, point of view. That's his unique contribution to the group. So you can't just give up your your conscience and your your sense of um, uh, right and wrong and your experience that you're drawing on as a member of a group. That's your your contribution to the group. So you don't uh, sacrifice your individuality. You can't uh, if you want to be a a fully functioning member of the group. Um, But you find, on the other hand, by incorporating yourself and your, your energies into the group, that something is drawn out of you that you might not have known was there or been able to summon up as an individual. Yeah. This is something I think we don't appreciate enough. What the group, whatever it is, family or workplace or community or whatever, what the group can evoke from the individual is quite powerful. We need each other.
1: Right, and uh, the um, the group becomes uh, much more dynamic. I think because that uh, energy of the individual, uh, collectively, collective energy, um, gives more dynamic dynamism to the group work
2: and the group interest. Mm-hmm. One of uh, one example of how this works, I think, is when there's a disaster of some sort. For example, what's happened in India with the earthquake, where people. Uh, by crisis are drawn into a a community spirit and a desire to help each other that is quite noble and um, almost miraculous. People who hadn't known each other will make incredible sacrifices to help. I was reading in the paper about people coming from all over India, which is a huge country, traveling a couple of days on the train on what they call hard seats, you know, the cheaper fares, and bringing... Whatever they can—food, clothing, money—to the disaster area and helping dig people out. This is something that uh, is an expression of uh, the the capacity of the group to evoke the the best from within the individual.
0: That's interesting. Uh, Do you have any other practical indications that people are becoming more group conscious? Because uh, it brings to mind a number of things on my part. Uh, Number one, I, I think I just saw the History Channel myself. I was looking at that and. Uh, I was ma- the commentator on the History Channel was mentioning that there was such a high number of uh, young men during World War II on D-Day who actually uh, uh, jumped on top of hand grenades uh, that came close to their squad. And uh, in doing so, they saved them, uh, the lives sometimes of 20, 25 men. And I suppose that would be a dramatic example of uh, someone who's, uh, in an instant, uh, w- we can see that he's extended his concept of self uh, to that of the group where he sees himself as part of the group and he wants to save the group. He sacrifices his own life. And, of course, then we have a dramatic example uh, with Jesus Christ and people who are understanding that concept where he, his life was sacrificed for the good of humanity. But uh, do we have any other examples, any other practical examples? Uh, maybe not so, so as dramatic as the one I just mentioned uh,
1: well there is there's a lot of group activity going on in the world today, and I think we can talk about that in a minute but uh, uh, there's special interest groups and team sports, and uh, those things are all indicative of uh, the growth of the group so
0: yeah i I think you're right, I think that really encourages uh, people to identify a group with group and to uh, uh, take their concept of self and to Bring it into uh, a larger area so I think sports are very good in that way because they encourage group consciousness and uh, feeling another person's pain and being able to empathy empathize excuse me with other people and also empathizing with their joy and celebrate that joy that other people might experience and their success um, for those people who just t- tuned in you're listening to inner sight and What we're talking about today is we're talking about group consciousness, and we're looking upon that as uh, as one more step towards uh, advancement and uh, towards spiritual advancement, and also um, towards uh, improving our concept of self. Uh, If anybody would like to order this tape, or if you'd like to order our books, we have 24 volumes of books. Uh, Our books have all been written by Alice Bailey. She's the founder of Lucis Trust, and I think you'll find those books extremely thought-provoking. They're certainly not light reading, but if you are interested in the meaning of life and if you want to be challenged about your thoughts and perhaps uh, uh, even to be introduced to new concepts of uh, life and how to cope with life, how to cope with adversity, uh, how to handle fear and how to cope with fear, uh, you're certainly welcome to purchase our books. Our books can be purchased by giving us a call. Call us at... The Lucis Trust toll-free number, which is 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. Or maybe an easy way to remember us is to give us a call at one 866 lucis That's 1-866. Think of New York Lucis, L-U-C-I-S. Once again, it's 1866 ny lucis You can purchase those books uh, from us, or you can purchase them from Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com. You can also, if you'd like, order a, copy, a cassette copy of the show for a nominal fee. And uh, by the way, if you buy all 24 volumes of our books, and if you buy them from Lucis Trust directly instead of from the bookstores, you will get a 10% discount. But I can tell you from my own experience, I don't think there's any set of books that will stimulate your interest or challenge you and perhaps uh, uh, guide you into healthier thinking than the Lucis Trust books all written by Alice Bailey so once again give us a call at one and by the way uh, we love doing these shows and, uh, and we're certainly happy to be able to share our thoughts with you but the way we exist is through your donations, so uh, uh, please uh, consider that, and if you want to keep our show on the air, that's the way to do it, and we have so many other aspects to Lewis's Trust. We have uh, meditation meetings, and uh, we have ways where we get together and we meet, and uh, uh, for those people who are, not new, to, who are new to us, um, uh, we're not a religion, uh, we're uh, more or less a uh, philosophy organization, so as time goes on, we'll define more who we are, Um, what if someone lives alone and works independently? Is he or she part of any group?
2: Yes. uh, They may not think of it. They may think of themselves as being independent and rather isolated. But I think if you bring... uh, some creative imagination to it you can realize that even if you're self-employed and a single person you're a part of a group if you live for example in an apartment building you have neighbors around you you have um people who are affected by the way you live your life just think of somebody who um bangs closet doors at midnight and you be you become aware that uh Uh, You're not alone in the world. Uh, There are people around you. And yet, amazingly, there are a lot of people that live just that way without a thought in their heads about uh, the fact that there are others who are affected by the way they live their lives. On a more positive note, there are such things as community gardens that are forming in the city, the neighborhood watch programs. Those are things that people can participate in, even if they're single people and uh, living alone. I think the the idea is to learn to think in terms of having a group and expecting to recognize it, and then you will begin to see that you are, in fact, part of many groups. Uh, an example that came to mind was not too long ago a woman who died who was written up in the newspapers for her extraordinary effort on behalf of opera lovers. Maybe you read about her. She was a single woman. Who, for years, apparently organized the uh, waiting line of people who wanted standing room only tickets for the opera, and it was a, a mess of a line when she first encountered it. And people would uh, not take their turn, and they they jumped the line, and other people were um, pushed behind. She with her will, decided that her project in life was to organize this line. And for years, she had a system that uh, ensured that first come, first serve, everybody got their seats, and it was fair and organized. She created a group out of her love for opera. So that's an example. Well,
0: there's, I guess there's probably a lot of examples of people who are um, uh, doing practical things or practical indications mm-hmm. that people are becoming more group-conscious uh, might be worth going into some of those, too, because uh, I I think for some people it's a new concept.
2: (laughs) Yes. uh, Well, one of the most familiar is what started in the earlier part of last century, the growth of labor unions. Those were the... um the forming of groups by people who felt they were not getting their rights and their just uh, treatment on the part of their employers. Um, The cycle of conferences that the UN has held uh, show groups coming together for the environment, for uh, women's rights, for um, sustainability, for uh, population growth. Um, Another example is the 12-step programs that have uh, helped people come together as groups to solve their, their problems, their addictions, and so on. Um, another example is the sister city programs that have formed between two cities on uh, very far away from each other. Uh, Not too long ago, there was an article about a city in Wisconsin that formed a sister city relationship with a city in Russia. Mm -hmm. And this group of people in both countries collaborated to improve medical care in the Russian city. And it was extraordinary what they accomplished with some money, but mostly just a great deal of love, commitment, and sharing of ideas. Mm
1: -hmm. You can't do much of anything today without... um Working with a group, at least if you want to get something accomplished, uh, it seems to be that that's the only way that you can really uh, really uh, accomplish your task today. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need.
0: Yeah, from what I see, it's a, uh, a step along the uh, along the path of spiritual evolution to go uh, to take a step from being egocentric and only thinking of the physical entity that is you, and extending it to a group and feeling a responsibility for that group. Uh, almost to the point uh, of, well, I guess similar to the soldier who uh, they were talking about on, on on D-Day on the History Channel. They were speaking about uh, several of them who sacrificed their lives for the um, squads that they were in. But that uh, that shows responsibility for other people, and it really mm-hmm. looks as though those, uh, those people see the group as an extension of self, which I, I agree, I see that as a step in spiritual development. Is there any room or need for any kind of authority in a group
2: Well, I think this woman that I mentioned that organized the opera ticket line is an example. Uh, Somebody has to uh, organize and... um set standards, perhaps um, exercise a kind of um, decision-making. That does not mean that there's a place for dictators uh, anymore in Mm -hmm. group life. Uh, But when you don't have uh, some kind of organization and some kind of decision-making process uh, specified in a group, it can be a little more difficult. Usually then you revert to the majority rules kind of thing. And sometimes that creates its own kind of tyranny. If the minority is, in fact, uh, more correct in its position, the majority can become a kind of a tyranny. So, yes, my my thinking is that you do need a kind of an authority, but it has to be the right kind of authority. Mm. The writings of Alice Bailey say the only true authority is the authority of the soul, which is the authority of love.
1: Yes, you need... An authority of some kind, but not an authoritarian. Ah, well put. So, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. We've had a lot of that and a lot of experience with that. of authoritarians. Of that, and um, those, those groups, uh, you know, they collapse on themselves. Once mm-hmm. the authority disappears, then uh, the, 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 the group purpose kind of uh, peters out and dissipates. But um, that gets back to the. To the uh, if the group has a particular interest,
2: Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out,